0: Win some money along the way. So be sure to subscribe to the Ringer Gambling feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: It's the Mismatch presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page in The Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit the ringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus person in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit the ringer.com slash RG. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Tired of paying for cable TV? Switch to Hulu Plus Live TV today to watch over 95 live channels for sports news shows and more plus you'll get access to hulu's entire streaming library with access to disney plus and espn plus all in one plan no long-term contract no hidden fees and no clunky cable box get hulu plus live tv today live tv plan required restrictions apply access content from each service separately learn more at hulu.com
0: Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon. And joining me as he does every Monday night from the ringer.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber. Kevin O'Concert. Kevin O'Camera. Kevin O'Conflict. Kevin O'Climber. Kevin O'Candyland. Kevin O'Blizarian, Kevin O'Sphere. Kevin! Whoa! Wemby! Versus Chet! Whoa! So, we are recording this at halftime of the Oklahoma City versus San Antonio preseason basketball game. We had communicated earlier in the day and said that they were going to be on NBA TV. And so why don't we just watch the first half and that way we'll at least be able to comment on it after seeing these two against each other in NBA uniforms for the first time. And they're two big draws. Obviously, Chet not playing his rookie year last year. Wemby, the number one pick overall. And... Uh, box office attraction to say the least and my god um I don't know how many <laughs> of our how, my, how much of our audience watch this you need to go back and at least pull up on YouTube like the highlights from this that, that half just got done and it was so much more than we could have ever bargained for at halftime it is 81 to 74 Spurs, the Spurs scored 43 points in the first quarter of a preseason game, their first preseason game, which is more points than they scored in any quarter all last season or preseason. Their highest score was 42, 42. In the second quarter, the Thunder scored 44 in the quarter, which gave us an 81 to 74 halftime score with Chet Holmgren having 21 points and 9 rebounds and Victor Wimbayama having 18 points and 3 rebounds. And, you know, the the announcers are talking about how this could be a thing that we see for years to come. You obviously pray for health for both of these players, especially given their grotesque size and the inability for many that size to have, you know, great health. Um and be able to play 82 games on a regular, but good grief, Kev. When you look at these two, and I'm thinking about this upcoming season, and I'm thinking about these league pass nights, and going out of your way to check teams out, the level of entertainment just watching those two on the same court, and be so far beyond Any expectation you could have. I mean, I know defense is not at a premium, but both of them are so damn good to be on an NBA preseason court even for the first time. It's not common. You don't see guys just come out there and do what they were doing, even in that first half. And it got me so excited about both of them and both of those teams. For this upcoming year, because we are going to have two to truly go out of our way to check out.
1: And already they're doing it in different ways. Oh, because we're, we're seeing both of them in the first half have hit a pair of three pointers. One of the threes that Wemby hit was coming off of a handoff where he's like running from the right corner into the towards the middle of the three point line, takes the handoff sidestep dribbles into this kind of fadeaway three pointer. Like unstoppable, if a guy of that size is doing that, we're seeing them both attack from the perimeter, like doing these crazy moves. <laughs> Use them there. Also crazy, it's like, like the it's future. A real, yes. it's the future. It's, it's, it's alien like, it's, versus
0: alien. Yes, and and both of them flexed multiple <laughs> times, like like with the with the drive to the basket. And at one point, Wemby headbutted Chet Holmgren on his drive and got the <laughs> and one. And on the other end, Chet just bodied Zach Collins, goes to the basket, lays it in, and oh, then he's beautiful. flexing. He has no muscles, <laughs> and he's flexing. And I'm like, this is the most entertaining thing you could ever watch. I, I The Wemby thing, him, cro- the crossover drive, and then, obviously, the pull-up sidestep three. Like, all I was thinking about was that meme and how many times it's going to be used this year when people see him for the first time. The The chick on the airplane that's like, I'm telling you! Uh, yeah. <laughs> not real! He's yeah, not yeah. real! Like, that's what it felt like. like how yes. is this even... It doesn't even... I'm watching it, and I know it sounds over the top, but People got to see this to
1: believe it. like, it's, it's not, it's not over the top. It's not oh. over the top at all. I mean, that, that's why we, we can't talk about it without like laughing in the middle of our sentences. It's just unbelievable to actually look at this and be like, oh my goodness, it's actually happening. This is actually real. These guys are actually doing these crazy things in the court. Well, and and everybody, already,
0: Everybody's been trying to tamp down expectations, you know, like, nah. oh, he's probably not like, I'm like, how is he not going to score? Like what is what is how is like how I'm trying to figure out how he doesn't score his first bucket. He tipped in a missed free throw where he just reached over Chet Holmgren. Chet Holmgren's like seven one. He just reached over him and tipped it in like a a dad playing against his kid on a mini goal. It was ridiculous. I'm like I. How's he not supposed to score?
1: This isn't even really like the new Tim Duncan versus Kevin Garnett. This is kind of like the evolutionary Kevin Garnett versus evolutionary Kevin Garnett. That's, that's what this is. I mean, like these two tall, lanky, skilled seven-footers who can do everything on the floor. And they're on two teams that clearly already, Greg Popovich using Victor Wembenyama in unique ways, Mark Dagnall with the Thunder, using Chet Holmgren, leaning into his playmaking and his handling. Two really great coaches understanding the talents that they have, surrounded by great young teammates. Like, those KG teams back in the day versus Tim Duncan, the Wolves, like, had some good years, but they for the most part, they had a lot of down years. The Thunder are loaded. Jalen Williams, we're not even seeing Shea Gildas-Alexander tonight. Josh Giddy out there. So much talent in the Spurs. Devin Vassell. I, lo- I really like Malachi, Branham. There's both, talent on both these teams. I mean, I, I had the Thunder I forget where on my power rankings last week. 14? 13? Something like that? Hot, top 15. The Spurs, if, if Wemby, it's only one half of basketball. It's only one half. But I mean, Wemby's a game changer on defense. We didn't even talk about the block he had on Jalen Williams in the, in the first quarter. Jalen Williams, smaller, quicker. He was a Rookie of the Year candidate. He looks like he beats Wemby for a layup at the rim. But then Wemby recovers because he's so long. He can be five feet away from you and still block your shot. There's going to be a lot of that this year. Oh, yes. think He thinks he beat Wemby, but then his shot is getting blocked.
0: No, they're switched off onto – they try to get him out on an island. Obviously, you do the switch to you try to get the small on the big. And even you saw at the very last possession of the half, Jalen Williams got that switch. And so now it's him versus Wemby. And it's in that case many guys do drive to the basket and you saw him just do the ultra step-back three. Like, I'm going to be so far away from you that you that you can't block it, and that's going to be my mode of operation in this. But uh, you, uh, people would have to see it to believe it. We know it's preseason, but there is no question. Putting the ball in the bucket is putting the ball in the bucket. And both those guys, it's hard to imagine. Like, I go to preseason games, and then 41 regular season games a year, including playoffs. And uh, the the level of defense played in a regular season basketball game is not so stringent that these guys are not going to be able to get buckets. I'm sorry. Like, and I don't care who they're playing against. They are matchup nightmares. And I think if you're Giltis Alexander, you're probably sitting back watching that like, all right, I'm going to throw him the ball a little more. Like, this guy can get buckets for me. And obviously, Giddy is feeding him. Like, I, you, you tune in to see Wemby and you walk away going, damn, Chet. Like, he was the one that we didn't see last year. And here we go again with Sam Presti. You know, if he nailed that Chet pick. He obviously nailed the... Jalen Williams pick, you know the the Gilded Alexander trade just looks unbelievable, and getting him signed up long term, and then going, you know, convincing him to go through this short rebuild. The giddy pick nailed, and it's like this is some serious young talent, and 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 again, the team on the other side's got some serious young talent as well, and it's you're just watching these two, you know, I think maybe. Oklahoma City's a little further along mm-hmm. than the Spurs are in the development, but future is uh, certainly insanely bright for both of those franchises, and they are nobody's walking over either of them on a regular, you know, Tuesday night. Where the last, you know, certainly the the Thunder were very competitive last year, but the Spurs were one of those that people just chalked up as a win, didn't really matter, but like there's really I don't even know who's gonna be truly bad like I think Portland's Portland's gonna be catching people uh Houston obviously is much better than they were last year like I don't think in the and and obviously there's gonna be some teams in the western or in the easter conference
1: the wizards could be bad they're like the one team that I look at and I'm like yeah they're gonna really stink
0: yeah and like and I'll get to a team in a little bit. Um, you know that I that I'm a little worried about. But honestly, when you look up and down it, it's like if San Antonio's super competitive, and if Oklahoma City is as good as we think they're going to be, and like it's you're kind of looking at it, Portland and Utah, and Utah was like the story of the NBA last year, fighting for a damn play in spot when they had no business according to anybody doing that. And Portland, like you look at their roster. I mean, it's look, they're not going to win a ton of games, but they're certainly got, They got enough talent to be able to catch you on the night that you take them, you know, lightly. So it's Western conference is going to be a bloodbath. If these two, you know, have this kind of talent, the Spurs and the, and the, and the thunder. I think that's yeah. one of the big,
1: I mean, top, top to bottom in the West. It's, going to be tough every single night because you said it with the Blazers like they they've have, they have good players I mean Jeremy Grant really good player uh you know you add Robert Williams and DeAndre Ayton you, you could have a really good defense uh, I was at uh, Blazers training camp on Saturday I talked with Chauncey Billups and DeAndre Ayton for an upcoming thing on the ringer and like, you just look at the guys in that roster. Malcolm Brogdon was just sixth man of the year. They have a lot of good players. It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's just they're a young team. They're led by a rookie point guard. Young teams don't usually win, but they're not going to be a team that people, you know, roll over every single night. I think they're going to be a tough out, competitive into the fourth quarter a lot of the time, and that's, that's kind of what Chauncey said to me. He's like, we, you know, we make no mistake. We know we're a young team, but we're going to compete hard every single night. We have a lot of talent in this locker room. And, I mean, in the same way that we're talking about the Spurs with Wemby, if Wemby is healthy and if he's dominant on defense and if he's producing efficiently offensively, he helps elevate the Spurs. It's similar for the Blazers. If Scoot Henderson is uh, all reports out of the camp say he's been awesome on defense, totally locked in, being the head of the snake for their defense, kind of supporting Grant and all the Tybalt and all the talented defenders they have on the back line, if he's good, it elevates the Blazers. So, I mean, we'll see with these rookies. We will find out.
0: Yeah, but one of the things, Kev, is like they're they feel so much better prepared. I watched that Destination NBA, the it's actually Ringer Films. Bill was promoting it a couple of weeks ago, and when I was on a flight last week, I watched it. It's great, by the way. It's really it's great. Good.
1: I en- I enjoyed it a lot. I think it's like great stories, even beyond Scoot Mac McClung and all the other for guys, sure. Denzel Valentine, the guys who didn't yeah. make it in the NBA. Like it's a lot of great stories about people uh, that have gone through the G League.
0: Well, and there's nobody that can watch that, that doesn't come away rooting for Gabe York, right? Because yeah, no he's so intensely likable in it. But mm-hmm. we're inundated with a hundred thousand. Sports docs there's ones that coming out like literally every week, and I had not gotten around to that one yet, and it was very good. I liked it a lot, uh, for sure, um, but anyway, you come away loving scoot as well, and I'm sitting there thinking about it, and him coming in so young at seventeen, playing in the G league, and you think about the level of preparation that he has for this next level, which is great. Chad Holmgren was, a lot of these guys are young for their class. He was already old for his class. So he is more of an adult than your typical rookie that comes in. And obviously he missed all of last season. And then we know the level of competition when Bayama has been playing. He's been playing against grown men. And so these guys are just much better equipped to play on this level then I think what we were used to for so much of our childhood and uh, teenage uh, and young adult years, which was guys would come into the league and there's that, there's a real learning curve that takes place and they're not ready to be guys that can really affect winning and losing immediately. And I think that's not, so anymore, like these guys can, they can go out there and get a bucket for you immediately because Scoot Anderson's been playing in the G League and Chet Holmgren is a little bit older than a lot of guys that are in his class and Wemba has been playing against grown men. These are different grown men, but I mean, I I don't know, man. I I think that I think this uh if we're throwing Chet into this rookie class. There's going to be some serious pop with some of these guys, and just those two, um, you could have a real battle for a rookie of the year thing.
1: I mean, th- this could end up one of those all-time great rookie classes. Good, mm-hmm. and we didn't love the draft past Wimbayama, you know, not in love. Well, not I mean, but, Bra- well, not, a, not to mention, you know, like Brandon Miller and Charlotte, if he's able to excel right away. Next to Lamelo Ball and and Miles Bridges and some of the talent they have in that team, the Thompson Twins, Oscar Thompson hit the big game tying three pointer for the Pistons in his preseason debut. Uh, like he filled up the box score in a lot of different ways. Bro, I mean, like bro the, what were
0: they doing playing him thirty-eight minutes? <laughs> I don't understand.
1: What is that? Mon- Monty Williams had a quote after the game where he's like, "I didn't realize how many minutes he had." It's like, dude, you've been coaching for. <laughs> you've been coaching for how long? <laughs> <laughs> what? 38? I mean, that's so ex- so extreme. <laughs> I know. I saw that box score. I, oh my first thing god! That stood out, I was
0: like, are they not going to start Ivy? And then the second thing minutes. was, what the <laughs> hell? <laughs> they played him thirty. Is a freaking game seven of the NBA finals, or is it
1: the first preseason game? Dude, I I don't get what it is- at all. <laughs> that's just ridiculous. But but Monty Monty's quote. You know, I didn't realize how long I had him on the floor. It just it just does go to show the positive impact that an Osar Thompson or an Ahmed Thompson, <laughs> both of them as twin brothers, can just make in the game, whereas a coach you just can't help but leave them in the game. They're so good.
0: God bless.
1: The NBA season is almost here, so make sure you're ready for tip-off with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. From the championship odds to player awards, FanDuel has you covered. As preseason's getting rolling, now's a good time to look at some under-the-radar teams, whether it's for awards, like Tyrese Helliburton at plus 5,000 for most improved player, or teams that are competing for the NBA Finals, like the Warriors at plus 1,400 feel like a really good value bet. The Clippers at plus 2,700, they're not my pick for sure. I don't trust Kawhi and Paul George will stay healthy, but if they do, that's pretty good value as the 10th highest finals odds in the league on the FanDuel Sportsbook. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of futures, even aside from awards and finals odds. There's win totals, player stats, awards, conference winners, and way more than that. And now FanDuel is also now live in Kentucky. Download the app and take advantage of their great special offers and boosts to celebrate. So visit FanDuel.com mismatch Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com.
0: Let's touch on that game. Because if we're talking about, like, look, I love overreacting to the stuff we see in the preseason. That's kind of, Uh, a good theme considering we started with our uh, undying love for the Chet Wemby matchup that we just got to watch in the first half. The Suns out the gate making like 17 of their first 21 shots and dropping 46 points in the first quarter. Like whatever Mm. you envisioned of Mm. like, hey, what could this look like? It was like all of it. (laughs) I don't know how you make that many shots Um, it was if you think like man this is great 2k team like this could be really devastating and then you see them make 17 of their first 21 shots and they're flying up and down the court and popping the ball around And I was like good grief and it was going to be interesting to see who they started alongside those three at least one glimpse and this is one of the things that we look at in preseason is how are these coaches kind of what, who are they starting and kind of what the rotations look like. Um, We know Durant, Beal and Booker have their spots. It it was actually a Kogi and, and Nurkic Mm -hmm. for the first one. So no, like they didn't go with like point guard um, along with those guys. Like they're letting these guys share the distribution. Like it's kind of a equal opportunity thing. Obviously Booker's probably going to have the ball the most initiating things. But then you figure like and and we praised them for how they were able to put together kind of the rest of their roster. Like Grayson Allen's gonna play for them for sure. What Eubanks is gonna play as a big, Watanabe's gonna play. Diop's gonna play. Eric Gordon's gonna play. So I mean that gives you a shit. That's ten already. And then who knows, like, you know, of the others, Damian Lee and Metu and Sabin Lee, though I you know. There might be a couple other guys, but I mean, you at least got 10 that you know are going to like get minutes for you and could fill in when somebody's got to miss a game or two or a week or two. But man, coming off of that, like coming off the, hey, what's this going to look like in reality with Beal, Booker and Durant to drop 46 your first time out the box. Again, we know it's preseason, but. Buckets are buckets, <laughs> these guys. I mean, when you only miss four of your first twenty-one shots, I can't help but be blown away. And man, they are going to be potent, potent.
1: It's amazing how many of them all just came off the dribble. <laughs> like that—that's what's going to be just pull up after pull up after pull up after pull up with those guys and, and... in transition. Mm-hmm,
0: yeah, right. They're going to yep. get the ball, get up down the court. You know, because that is—it is something you notice. The speed right?
1: so much quicker. It's like double double time compared to Chris Paul. Like after three right. years with Chris Paul, it was not That's even right. close.
0: That's right. And they're a lot easier to defend. You know, this was uh, when they played against Denver. You know, when they didn't have Paul in there, that was like the one. The games that they got off, that was it. That was taking the ball off the court. That was just beating them down in transition, not letting them set up. Like when Booker went crazy and Durant went crazy in unison, and they were dropping like the you know thirty five plus games between them. Those were you know, when they get you get them in transition, and and you got matchup problems. You know you're not able to you know you're having a cross match on this stuff and just any kind of space. It's almost like you know it was amazing that being as bogged down as they were, sometimes they're just so individually talented, but man, they get up and down the court and play with some pace. They are, uh, I don't know how you're supposed to, the, 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 the shooting is just free. The shot making between just Durant and Booker. And then you're just throwing in Beal in the mix. They, uh, well,
1: but Chris, it's, not, it's the, even besides those guys, I mean, like Grayson Allen had a big night off the bench. He's gonna have nights where he's shooting the ball. Well, Eric Gordon can have big nights, they got shooters. They have Wantanabe. They have different types of centers like Nurkic. No, those are
0: all guys that can make open shots. Which yes. is every friggin' shot they take is open. That was the Absolutely. problem, right? Akogi's not even the guy that really like makes open shots. So he no. he might he may not be able to hold on to that spot, you know, with them. But when you're playing with those three, just be the other guy that's standing in the corner that they're gonna throw it to you. And why be? You know, when he was playing with Durant in Brooklyn, he was shooting like fifty percent from corner threes, remember? He's gonna that you know that's why they went and got him. Cause it's just uh Durant gets it on that uh high side, he drives in, kicks out of Utah, and he just became a professional corner three shooter. That's it.
1: Yeah, they they have a ton of different guys. They have a lot of options. Like there's gonna have to be sacrifice as well. The like guy like some guys aren't aren't gonna play that do deserve to get minutes in an NBA rotation. So that's something to monitor on the Sun side of things. But ultimately, uh, there's no denying the level of talent uh, that roster has offensively, and we'll see how things develop defensively, and how they they figure out the best lineup configurations to use, and also just how Nurkic looks. I mean, he has not been the same guy defensively with his major injuries that he's had over his career. Can he tap back more into some of the stuff he had pre-injury, or are they going to have to lean more on Eubanks, who they got prior to Nurkic, who is who is a bit more versatile, can switch a little bit more, um, and and is an explosive at rim finisher. So, uh, we'll see what way they end up kind of figuring out this big man rotation, but they have different types of options. And even Metu, you mentioned him. He had two threes yeah. in the game to bring some size and some spacing. Granted, he hasn't shot the ball well in his career. Maybe he's developed a bit there. So they they have options. Be interesting to see how Frank Vogel figures that rotation out with the amount of guys that he has. And Eubanks is a lot more like the guy that worked so well with them last year, Landau,
0: mm-hmm. right? Same kind of thing. So I... uh. They're devastating. On the other side, Detroit, and I know they paid Monty Williams, you know, they basically bought him an island uh to go coach that team. But it's weird. Like, I like a lot of their youth. I like a lot of their, you know, young players, but he's got a lot of figuring out to do. Like, I, I look up and down that roster and I'm like, what is this rotation gonna be like? You know, they got a couple of the vets in there and Alec Burks, obviously Bogdanovich will play. And I'm like, is is Wiseman gonna play? Is Bagley gonna play? Is are they gonna be in the rotation with Duran? Is what are they doing with that Ivy Thompson Cade thing and Killian? Don't, is he gonna yeah, thank
1: I, you? I was gonna say, don't leave I'm out just, Killian. But I'm don't saying leave out like, Killian. I,
0: I don't know, like, you know, because they've sucked and they've had injuries. Yeah, <laughs> I never really thought about it, but now you see it all, and when it's all healthy, it's like I don't even know what the rotation's going to look like there. Yeah. Seriously, it's, it's just, a lot of names, and it's like a, a lot. We, and it's a weird mix. It's yeah. like a, an accumulation of talent, and yet, like are, are Thompson, Cade, and Thompson or Thompson, Cade, and Ivy got to play together a lot. Or what are they doing on the? Duren, Wiseman, Bagley, like that. I, I just, I don't really know. I don't really know how they're going to be figuring this out.
1: The big question with the Pistons is how good is Cade Cunningham? Yeah, is he going to be the face of your franchise? Is he just a good player? Because to me, like Cade gets a pass last season. Obviously, he's hurt. His hurt. rookie year, his rookie year was impressive. It was a good start, but he didn't necessarily look like a for sure top ten player his rookie year. So is this year going to be a, a third-year leap for him? Is he going to pop? Is he going to extend his range behind the three-point line? Is he going to be a guy averaging 20-plus points per game on great efficiency, energizing that offense? Or is he just going to be one of the guys that is handling the ball on that team, like you said with Jaden Ivey, Killian Hayes, Osar Thompson, and like never mind some of the veterans they have, like Bogdanovich, he's bigger, but he handles the ball. Uh, you got Alec Burks in that rotation. He can handle the ball a little bit. Will it just be by committee, or right. is Cade going to establish himself as the dominant piece on that team that demands having the ball in his hands? That that's that's going to decide whether this Pistons team is just like, oh yeah, they have good talent, or oh like oh they actually have like an incredibly bright future.
0: Well, oh, you know, the other thing I, I'm in love with Ivy, and I'm sitting there going like, did this stymie that? Like mm. you know, like is the Thompson thing? What are we doing here on this? Like, uh, uh, who is this good? Did you just draft over him? He's a fifth pick a year ago. And it's like, it, are these guys not going to be able to play together? Well, or are they?
1: Consecutive years, they draft. Kate Cunningham, Killian Hayes, and Jaden Ivy, Ossar Thompson. I mean, right. like, year after year, after, it's guard, 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 guard. Ball handler. So it's like mm-hmm. they're just they're throwing darts, hoping one of these guys pops into a star. And yeah. like, Monty Williams, throughout preseason, I, I I saw the quotes <laughs> with him hyping up Killian Hayes, and I'm like, whoa! Don't get me too excited here. I know Monty Williams saying Killian's looking good, and, and then you realize he's the fourth point guard. <laughs> yeah, he, then you. But then he looked he looked better like in preseason. He looked great. He looked really sure. good during that first preseason game. So. Monty, you know, talked him up. So, like, how do you distribute the touches for all of these guys that need those developmental reps? That's that's a real challenge for the Pistons. And if I, I like it's so early at this point, but I do wonder if at some point during the season that like Troy Weaver and that yeah. Pistons front office determines that we have to move one of these guys. And even though we're not in a position where it's about winning, it's about evenly distributing the talent on this roster for the sake of development. It's too hard to just develop just so guys all of them.
0: Yeah, too you hard. can't. No, it's too hard to develop all of them, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I, I I went through this many, many, many years ago. You know, you look up and you, you know, at one point you've got uh, Kyle Lowry, but then the next year you draft Mike Conley over his yeah. head, and it's mm-hmm. like, it, then it, Kyle Lowry hates his life. It's like, what? This was going to be my chance, and now you had to move him. You had to move and they ended up, uh, you know, it was one of Daryl Morey's best moves ever was acquiring Lowry in Houston for pennies and it's like but it was one of those things where it was like all right now we've decided this is the guy so this guy can go and obviously Kyle Lowry ended up going off and winning a title and uh you know making seven or eight all-star teams and having a great career but I- I've seen it happen before and it's you know it's going to lead to some discontent and if you want to do right by both your guys Mike Conley doesn't become what he becomes and Kyle Lowry doesn't become what he becomes unless they would have broken that up it would have been amazing to have both of them but there was no way you weren't going to be able to do it and both of them ended up having very good careers for sure Celtics and the Knicks were playing tonight I didn't pay attention to it because the Celtics weren't playing anybody uh the Celtics Uh, did play their guys in the first one uh the Knicks uh, did play their guys. Oh, but-
1: one thing it is worth mentioning, though, like mid-fourth quarter as we record, another good Peyton Pritchard game. Uh, he had a big first preseason game, and he has 21 points as of currently recording, four of 11 from three. I mean, like they He's gave him the contracts. Four pockets full. Yeah, That's I mean, what he, happens, has, right? he got the contract extension. It it, it seems like Pritchard, or, Pritchard is – Definitely part of the way they envision uh, having a point guard off their bench. All right,
0: so speaking of point guard off their bench, I feel like we might disagree on this. So, first time out the gate for them. It's hard to judge Philly. Philly obviously did not have Harden. They also did not have Embiid in that first game. But they played their guys. And it was going to be interesting to see what Boston would roll out there for a starting lineup. And they rolled out uh, Derek White along with Brown and Tatum and then the two picks, Porzingis and Horford. And the idea is that, you know, they had told Derek White after the Marcus Smart thing that, you know, we're clearing the way, give you more opportunity, you know, that that's going to be your gig. Well, then they went and got Drew Holiday. And I know there's a lot of Boston fans, including our boss, Bill Simmons, who, Talk about Derek White, like he's the second coming of, uh, I I don't even know, uh, Chris Paul. But uh, Derek White's good, but Drew Holiday is a way better basketball player than Derek White. And you just traded (laughs) these guys to get him. And it's like, is he really going to bring this dude off the bench? Is he really going to bring Drew? (laughs) Did you really just acquire Drew Holiday and now he's going to bring him off the bench? And that's going to be Derek White's spot? Again, we'll see. As the preseason goes on, but that was at least what they did coming out the gate. And I do wonder on that if it's one of those, man, we told Derek that this well, is going to th- be his Mizzoula, thing.
1: Missoula said after the game, part of the reason why he did that is just because Drew showed up sure. way through the week and it was just, they're going to experiment with different lineups. I think, I think you'll see sometimes maybe... Porzingis or Horford come off the bench too during the preseason. I, I I would expect the Celtics to try different things out and and see what works. Drew Holiday has to start for that team. Drew Holiday yeah, is just I mean, he's
0: better at everything than Derek White.
1: Yeah, I mean, but like sometimes it's not about who's better; it's about what makes more sense for your rotation. Like who finishes games is is more indicative of player quality. Who starts the game? Like Manu Ginobili was a six man of the year for the Celtics. Kevin McHale was a six man. At one point, so it's like you, you like it's not always about who starts; it's who finishes games, in my opinion. So you think Drew Holiday? Uh, well,
0: I mean, Derek White. I think that's a great role for him, is being the the other guard. But I know that he's got a lot of fans in Boston. There's no way around that. Um, I mean,
1: but it's but like if you're starting Tatum and Brown and Porzingis. And those three guys are going to be getting shots and touches, maybe it does make more sense to start Derek White and then have Drew Holiday more of the ball handling presence, be your sixth man off the bench and energize like the Brogdon. offense. Yeah, I mean that I could see see a world like that despite the amount of money that he's making. But also I guess it depends on Peyton Pritchard and the vision on him too. If Pritchard continues excelling and he can't you can't help but give him minutes off the bench. Maybe you do start Drew, and then have Derek White and Peyton Pritchard be your bench unit for the backcourt. Like, there's just this is why with the Celtics depth, you know, the conversation we had after after they made the trade, and then we're like, well, who's gonna who's coming off their bench? Sam Hauser, Luke Cornett, Peyton Pritchard. Like, who's gonna who's gonna be O'Shea Brissett? They, bunch they of have, white guys. Well, <laughs> Brissett's not. <laughs> Delano Banton's not. But mm. <laughs> Lamar Stevens. I mean, we'll see what. But they have they have some quality talents. It's just a matter of who ends up uh, the, manifesting from this big bunch where they deserve minutes. And if nobody does, that's when they would have to make trades to improve their depth. But I'm intrigued by Boston's flexibility and their options in the rotation. We'll Well, see what Porzingis looked awesome. First time out, he looked awesome. Sensational. I
0: mean, the freaking follow dunk and the the pull up three and it was like, geez, you start to remember like once upon a time, he was like, it's funny, wrapping it back around. Once upon a time,
1: last year was his best season. No, no,
0: no. uh, What I'm saying is once upon a time, he was the guy that was the unicorn. As we we talked about these guys (laughs) to start (laughs) tonight, he was like the guy that was Mm -hmm. like, have you ever seen anything like this? He's 7'5", <laughs> seven, five, seven, five, and he faces uh-huh. up. And yeah. I remember the first time I ever saw him in person. His, uh, I think it was rookie year, and he came to town. And, you know, the starting power forward for Memphis was Zeebo. And just to see him standing next to him, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, so big. Is, like, mm-hmm. He's a foot taller than him. This is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was like. We talked about him uh, for a span the same way we talked about Chet and Wemby tonight. And, you know, he's obviously had his injury issues. And he's just, you know, what has befelled him is never really being a part of winning. Right. And the Dallas thing went poorly. And his best season was last season on a rat team. So we will see. But he certainly looked the part in their first preseason game alongside those guys, and if if there was a concern of the foot thing that held him out of international play, that was kind of squared away because there wasn't there wasn't any hobbling around when he was poking on people.
1: <laughs> he looked um, dominant, man. Yeah, he, he did. He, he really did. Uh, like he looked like he, even better than last season. So I mean, uh, from what I understand, Porzingis uh, started doing some things differently with his training last summer before the, the year with the Wizards. Um, and then it turned into the best overall season of his career. So we'll see if he can build on that this year with Boston.
0: Other ones uh, that stood out, just seeing that Clippers box score and seeing Kawhi and Paul George both playing in a preseason game was crazy. <laughs> yeah. I was like, really? What
1: was, what, was the, what was the Ty Lue quote? What did he say? Time to wake up or something like that? Oh, no, it's...
0: Quote? uh. It's something like "Go Time" from the go start time, or yeah. something. What is, is I I know I know what you're talking about. It's some kind yeah. of. I want to get the quote right because I don't want to uh, I don't want to do that to the great uh, Ty Lu, who was once compared to Bill Belichick, which is not a great comparison anymore, as you may have known.
1: Okay. Um, well, let's uh, let's <laughs> not get into Belichick because it, 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 it's just an absurd. <laughs> discussion with Belichick. (laughs) Belichick remains one of the greatest coaches Uh Uh of all time. Uh, Just a couple years ago, defensive masterpiece in the Super Bowl, Uh, the early 2000s Patriots, those were like before any, but back when people used to say, Tom Brady was a system quarterback. I used to be on forums back in the day ha- arguing with people about Brady who said he's just a system QB. I know what those arguments used to be like. It used to be about, oh, all Belichick's teams, is loaded offensive line, loaded defense. Belichick built those teams. Belichick coached those teams. So I, I, I think with Belichick, you need to look over the entire span of decades oh. of its career and not just that this recent year i know, where he can't, no. he can't find weapons can't, it's I'm been I have tried no
0: you know what you know what you sound like you sound like uh an Akeem Olajuwon fan uh talking about him when he was playing for the raptors <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, what do you think? What do you think about Bill Simmons saying that Belichick should leave the Patriots for another team to get the no, 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 the no, win no, I, on Shola? I, I think he
0: wants him to leave the Patriots. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think he. I don't think he's doing that for Bill's benefit. I think uh, I he's mean, doing that for <laughs> Bill Simmons' benefit. <laughs> he's done.
1: I mean, I think the best the best case for probably for Bill Belichick is that he needs another, another Scott Pioli. Like someone who can. I mean, jam the best case team.
0: is Brady saying he's not going to be on Fox next year and he's going to come back. Uh, yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> Save the franchise. Well, well
1: re- really, the best case is bottoming out and getting Caleb Williams from USC. That dude is crazy. So <laughs> is the
0: one from Carolina.
1: You oh got to watch God. him. Yeah, Drake yeah. May. Yeah, oh there's some God. talent dude. Like this is oh. this is a year to bottom out and get a quarterback. It feels like this isn't I know. one of those like Trey Lance Mac Jones drafts yeah. where it's like, oh yeah, yeah, they could no, be good. No, no. Uh, but I don't This is like the for sure type of guys.
0: Williams and May are both just freakish. Um Tyron lose. uh day one urgency plan. That's what it is. Oh,
1: you got the quote. Cool. Yeah, day one <laughs>
0: urgency. There it is. So Okay. Hey, look, okay. day one urgency. And you know, of course on Media Day, Kawhi said, there's no NBA rules that are going to make me play games or whatever he said. You know, I'm paraphrasing, but it was something to that effect, right?
1: Marvin Harrison Jr. is on this draft too, I forgot. Marvin yep. Harrison Jr., crazy. Former Colts. Great.
0: Yeah. Kawhi and Paul George, both out there for a preseason game, stood out. CP3 playing with Curry and Thompson. Wiggins and Looney. Figure that, that about mm-hmm. sounds right until Draymond comes back, right? Yeah.
1: Kind of kind of cool to see, but still it just feels so weird. Doesn't it doesn't it feel strange more than any other star I don't player like it. changing teams? I, don't like that it. I know. It feels weird. Like does it just doesn't make me feel right? No.
0: I don't like it. I like I like him and Curry hating each other.
1: Yeah, me too. It's just I don't know. And him and Draymond,
0: you know, yeah, I don't getting, know getting in each other's face. It feels it it wrong happen. to me. It, yeah. I feel like the Warriors like are it.
1: not gonna they're not gonna win like, I just don't feel like they're gonna win the finals.
0: I don't like it. <laughs> it's just something's oh. wrong. Because <laughs> he's there? It's just something just by feels
1: presence. I don't know. It's, it's, not, it's not even about that. It just feels wrong. Like you said, they should dislike each other.
0: Yeah, I don't like, uh, I, I don't like mm-hmm. them being on the same team.
1: Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Tired of paying for cable TV, switch to Hulu Plus Live TV today to watch over 95 live channels for sports, news, shows, and more. Plus, you'll get access to Hulu's entire streaming library with access to Disney Plus and ESPN Plus all in one plan. No long-term contract, no hidden fees, and no clunky cable box. Get Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required, restrictions apply. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day. I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC slim fit trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com.
0: Okay. So I said earlier, and I got so many people in my life that I care about a lot that either have a connection to or love the Mavericks. They were the first ones out the box. Minnesota, I liked. Thought Minnesota looked good first time out. And I like a lot of guys on their roster. They'll have to do some figuring out, obviously, on the Edwards Ascension in conjunction with Towns and Gobert, as we know, whatever. But they they got problems of, you know, talent and figuring out how it's gonna work. That Dallas thing, you see it without Ky- Kyrie, and I know we were positive about them. I had, we like the Grant Williams acquisition and whatever, but you know they played those preseason games without Kyrie. My God, Kevin, it is bleak. It's bleak when you see them without Kyrie. I'm like, damn, bro, Lucas should have just brought his international team to come play with. He might have a better <laughs> chance. He's out there with friggin' Omax, Prosper, whatever, and Derek Lively. Like, are they expecting Derek Lively to be good immediately? And Derek Lively and, you know, whatever the guy's name is, uh, Olivier Maxence, Prosper, and... uh, Just call him Omax. Omax. You look up and down their roster, and I'm like, God, like, put somebody good in. And, (laughs) I mean... I don't know, man. I I like the Grant Williams thing, but you saw them, and they weren't any good with Kyrie once they got him last year in terms of wins and losses, as we know. And so it's like, geez, I'm seeing them without Kyrie, and, of course, they're not going to look good. But then I remember they weren't any good with him, and then it's like, okay, well, now they've just got Grant Williams and a bunch of crap. And I don't know. I don't know, Kev. Like, that may be one. We talk about how competitive the West is. Talk about how competitive the West is. That was a team that I probably was, I was certainly higher on them than I was last year going into this. But then after, like, seeing it, man, that roster stinks. It really yeah. does. It stinks. It stinks. I'm like, put in Maxi Clea. Like, I mean, when you're when you're trying to get Dwight Powell and Maxi Cleba back in there, it's like, God, like, there, this is some malpractice going on surrounding Luca with this lot.
1: I mean, listen, like, I, I think if you're a Mavericks fan looking for silver linings, Derek Lively had some good moments defensively, protecting the rim. Uh, that's at least encouraging Omax oh, Prosper, not so good. Uh, looking like he's not going to get a lot of minutes unless he can turn that around quickly. But yeah, like the roster. But is it was just... kind of crazy they didn't even start Josh Green. Yeah, no, I know. I think Josh Green should be starting. Like, what? why? why? Yeah. Like, right out the gate? That's yeah, the starting Omax. Gave... Yeah, that was yeah, weird. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, I, I agree with you there. Josh Green should be starting over Omax. Omax, we'll see if he can carve out a role. Um, I'm sure they're still in an experimental phase too, with figuring out the exact rotation that they'll end up using. But the thing that sticks in my mind from those first two games, Chris, isn't something that happened on the court. It's the video that went viral of Grant Williams goofing around on the sidelines and Kyrie just giving him like the stink eye. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? You clown like that type of look, you know? know, you saw that clip, right? Like just... Just an early sign chemistry, <laughs> of, right? of chemistry issues blossoming around uh, Kyrie being Kyrie and Grant Williams being a, a goofball. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I've just that's what's stuck in my mind more so than anything that happened on the court because the character in the locker room and, and the chemistry and the camaraderie that they have that's of the utmost importance when we're talking about the Western Conference as loaded as it is. You, every team has talent. Which teams are playing together? Which teams are selfless? uh, Which teams are fighting hard for each other? And just that glare (laughs) that Grant Williams caught on the bench, that made me think that something is up there (laughs) Uh, that is not a positive thing for Dallas moving forward. It's
0: just kind of wild to me that, like, (laughs) I don't know, man. We started earlier, we were talking about that Phoenix team, right? Yeah. Like, how do they have guys I like more? They had, like, five bucks to spend on the rest of their <laughs>
1: roster. Yeah, they have, they have, like, so many good <laughs> yeah, like, players off the bench. Dallas, eh. How? They had, like, five know. bucks and somehow
0: ended up with more guys that you'd want to kick out to for an open three. It's just all you need. Mm-hmm. All you need is a bunch of guys. Like, he's going to dominate the ball all the time. And then the, him and Kyrie are going to do the my turn, your turn. So like, I don't. Uh, I guess they're trying to hope that like maybe some of these rookies can flank it, and you're putting a lot on Lively to be good immediately. It's know, not like it's Lively a, was yeah. a killer in college. You know what I mean?
1: He he got off to a horrible start, horrible and, start, and and, and and then he finished well. Yeah, and, and like fine. He, he helped. He he helped. He, at one point, he went from guy who could be a top five top 10 pick to a guy that should go back to college and then he became the 12th pick like he he did fix his stock but he's gonna take um, some time yeah i I mean like any like any rookie like any rookie big like even the guys who started the podcast talking about chet and Wemby, they're gonna go through their growing pains too so is derek lively it's tough Mm -hmm. yeah
0: yeah but i mean at least those guys have already been awesome
1: Oh yeah, they've Derek been Lively was not like, awesome. Uh, <laughs> like, Wemby, like, Wemby I mean? Wem- 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 was a professional. Chet Holmgren had a year to yeah. uh, you know get his body improved, but could watch games, watch film, be around this team. But
0: he was also one of the best players in college basketball.
1: Yes, the year yes.
0: that he played, mm-hmm. Derek Lively was not one of the best players in college basketball. He was not even like it, he wasn't even like great for the ACC. So, I don't. I put a lot on them, and that, uh, I don't know how much. You, you're going to see some serious Luca frustration. I hate it for all the people that I care about that love that team. And, man, you just. Uh, we're not going to belabor it. You go back to the Bronson thing, and it's like, my God. What a, what a catastrophe. Uh, and they got a game a on
1: Tuesday at 1145 a.m. Pacific, I believe, against Real Madrid. Mm. Lucas' old team, um, be something else. No Kyrie reportedly in this game either. It would be something else. <laughs> it'd be something else. Wait, if it, if wait,
0: trying to build that Keaton team chemistry. <laughs> be Did something
1: you... else if, if this one goes poorly for Dallas too against Real Madrid. Yeah.
0: Um. Last thing, I- I'm actually going to go see uh the Bucks in person tomorrow night. I'm hoping Lillard. Oh hell uh, yeah. maybe plays. You know they didn't really. Uh, I know Giannis didn't play. Lillard didn't play in their uh, one over the weekend. So I'm hopeful that I get to see them um, possibly in person. I'd like to. I, I'm hopeful.
1: It'd I might cool. see him Saturday. Uh, Saturday oh, really? in in L. A. The Bucks are are going to play the Lakers. So I I might go to that one.
0: There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm gonna ch- I'm gonna check them out uh, tomorrow night. Uh, there's a Tuesday night game. Uh, in Memphis, and then uh, I know that I, like their first game, they you know, and it, it might be different, right? It's it's a new coach; it's not Budenholzer anymore, so they might go about it a little bit different. And figure some of these guys are going to want to get some reps with their guys in some kind of game situations, and they usually play, you know, the middle few, uh, and then don't you know, kind of rest it at the end where nobody plays, and you're trying to figure it out, so. Uh, we will hopefully, uh, we'll be back on Thursday, I believe. And then we can talk about it. Uh, cause I'll have actually seen a basketball game in person. The, the Cowboys were playing the 49ers. So I did not go to the preseason game last night. I watched it on TV. Uh, the one that Tough. was, uh, oh boy, I wish I would have gone. I wish I would have gone to, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the Grizzlies preseason game against Indiana. <laughs> I never that went to overtime no less. The only time I wished I would have ever gone. But, you know, we've got a kind of a tradition where we go to my dad's house for the Cowboys games and my mom's birthday was over the weekend, so we went over there and happy, did that. happy
1: belated to your mom. Yeah. That's cool.
0: And so we went and did that. Uh and there is some there's some thankfulness of even enjoying the misery together. At least we can all bitch to each other. And my poor son, I mean, I just you know, I feel terrible as a father putting him through this. My childhood is great. You know, my childhood is filled with Super Bowls and, you know, uh, you know, uh, Troy Aikman and Emmett Smith and Michael Irvin and Deion Sanders, all these guys, and it's like all he knows is pain and suffering and losing in the worst possible ways and getting humiliated in huge games. And it just sucks.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just sucks. I know, I know. It, it it is crazy. It's like like I grew up, obviously, in the the glory of the Patriots years. But I grew up also hearing about the Cowboys were America's team, and and they still had some competitive teams throughout my childhood. But but the the Cowboys that I remember is like Tony Romo as the holder. And oh, I know. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, that 49 That's the last time. Is, that's the last time I've lost
0: my mind. Over a game,
1: oh Tony Roma?
0: I broke the remote. Yeah, really, wow. Probably when I knew I uh, probably when I knew I was going to marry my wife, she witnessed it in person. I mean i I lost my mind.
1: I just looked like when it was, he fumbled the Yes, oh against my God. it. Wow.
0: I mean, I thought that they were going to win. The yeah. like, I thought that was the year. I think Grossman ended up getting there.
1: Wow, Bill Parcells is a quote of that it, a coach at that time that's crazy. he was wow, that, that was a 19 yard field goal dude. oh I know. my God,
0: and he fumbled it away and i <laughs> i actually I actually threw the remote so hard that it shattered on the wow. wall and i I mean that's the maddest i've I can't remember. I've been crushed, I was mad about mm. that because I believe that's the Rex Grossman year. I think that's the team that went to the Super Bowl. Against uh, Indianapolis. So that team, I still will forever believe that team could have won the Super Bowl. And then, of course, it was all over with Parcells and everything else. Am I right on that? I think yeah, I, that, that's how that I was, remember it.
1: Yeah, that was the Rex Grossman year. Jesus.
0: Yeah. It makes me mad to even think about it. I know. Frickin' Rex Grossman! Ugh. And all you gotta do is get a snap down. There's always something. Always. something. You know. I guess I look so. At least getting your brains beat in, like they did last night, was better. That's what
1: was crushing that year for the the, the Patriots losing to the Colts in the AFC Championship game. Oh Peyton yeah, Manning fi- finally getting his victory, yeah. for the fourth quarter comeback, and, and it's like, wow, we would have faced Rex Grossman in the Super Bowl. <laughs> crazy, oh my goodness. I know. Oh man, yeah. Well, I no, mean, also crazy. You know, yeah, it's. I mean, hopefully, hopefully for your sake, the Cowboys can eventually oh, figure things out. But they, they feel so it. far away. And like the 49ers, dude, that's Unbelievable. Uh, I, Brock Purdy. I like, and they're I so know, frustrated. Brock Purdy uh, he, Purdy is good. good. He's a good player. He makes he smart is. decisions. I agree. I like Purdy. I'm pro Purdy.
0: I am pro Purdy too. I invented mm-hmm. him at Iowa State. I used to pick his team every week to win. And now to watch him play for my producer's team is killing me. And Collinsworth, oh, my God. I, I don't even, like, this is an NBA pod. But <laughs> Kyle, Collinsworth making me feel like I was watching friggin' John Elway. Like, they, everybody, the Cowboys suck so bad. The whole damn team was wide open. Micah, nobody even got a paw on the guy. And he's it's not like he's throwing it in tight windows. These guys, nobody's within 20 yards of them. Like, oh, he threw that pass to George Kittle. There's nobody within 20 yards of him ever. Like, you could have thrown it, Kevin. And again, he's good. But I wasn't watching, you know, Aaron Rodgers throw it on a, you know, in a one centimeter space. They're awesome, though. You know, I look, I have to live with it every day. My, my my hometown producer is Bang Bang Niner Gang, and Roser loves him so much. And I've just got to hear about it, and then face him every day knowing the utter humiliation that took place. It Sucks. It sucked. F them. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with the NFL season.
1: By the way, according <laughs> to our schedule, uh, we do not have another podcast this week. Oh, we don't? According to uh, the Ringer NBA offseason podcast schedule. All right, then we'll be back next week. Yeah, I guess we'll be back next week, and then we'll talk about both of our experiences seeing Giannis and Dame, hopefully, maybe. Yeah, we'll see.
0: I've been, uh, yeah, I'm actually going to go see an NBA game in person. Always a pleasure. Thank you to our executive producer, Jesse Lopez, as always. And Kevin, I will talk to you next week.
1: Have a beautiful week. must be 21 plus in president select states FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado Iowa, Kentucky Michigan, New Jersey Ohio, Pennsylvania Illinois, Tennessee and Virginia call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP 53342 in Arizona call 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat in Connecticut call one 800 Nine With It in Indiana. Call 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. Call 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-gambler.net in West Virginia. Call one 800 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit i or I'll call